Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons Podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Have you ever heard of the following prayer? Lord, give me patience, and I want it right now. Have you heard of that prayer? Maybe you've prayed that prayer. Maybe you prayed that this morning. Maybe you prayed that on the way over here. Maybe you've prayed something similar to that. I guarantee you have because we're all human, and we want something to happen right now. All of us, and I would dare say all of us, hate to wait. None of us like to wait. Anybody here like to wait? I didn't think so. Not a hand going up. Patience is not a virtue in our society. It really isn't. We live in a world of door-dashing meals to our house. And we have the door-dashing queen in our house, Raquel. She loves the door-dash food to our house. We have Google. We have instant messaging. We have express lanes at the supermarket. Our motto is, give it to me quick or forget about it. Give it to me quick. That's the world we live in. We don't like to wait. The question again is, who, who here likes to wait? None of us do. None of us like to wait. And you know why? I'll tell you why you don't like to wait. Because it reminds us that you and I are not in control. We are not in control when we have to wait for somebody else or something else out of our control. And we don't like that. If you're a control freak or a type A personality, you do not like to wait. I can tell you that right now. It's the bane of your existence. You do not like to wait. We don't like waiting in traffic. When we leave this property, you have to wait to get on to merge onto Highway 29, and you have to wait. You, don't, you have to wait to get in line to get gas at Costco, that amazingly long line, or at the airport, or when our computers aren't working fast enough, the Wi-Fi signal's not working. You've got to wait and wait and wait. Maybe you're waiting for the doctor to give you some good news today. Maybe you're waiting for, to see if you'll pass that exam. And you're waiting and you're waiting for the results. And the problem is modern technology makes it worse because we have so many tools around us that instantly give us results. Just an hour ago, I received a text from my granddaughter who's out fishing in the bay caught a leopard shark and showed it to me while she's out there on the bay. Instant, right there. You couldn't do that 25 years ago. You couldn't do that 30 years ago. Couldn't even dream of it 40 years ago. But technology makes it worse because we live in a world of instant gratification. We want everything done quickly. And all the new devices springing up every week, seemingly, only make it worse because we don't like to wait. And unfortunately, it can lead us to anger, frustration. It can lead us to even feel hopelessness when we're waiting. And what happens if that's left, if, if you don't check on that? Well, it leads to ulcers, leads to lack of sleep. It leads to your mind just spinning. Leads to many, many physical ailments, high blood pressure, migraines, headaches, high cholesterol, lowered resistance to disease, 
and the eventual payoff is a heart attack. That's the good news, right? If it, if it leads to anger, frustration, and hopelessness. And just as bad is often the anxiety, the depressed spouse that you're no longer giving attention to, or the family members you're, you're frustrated with because you're waiting and waiting on an answer. A deteriorating spiritual life. You no longer want to pray because you've lost all hope. You're frustrated. You have a short temper with everybody. I know nobody here has been there, but that's what happens when you have to wait. And it seems you do more, you work harder in that process, and you work so fast and so hard that you can end up in an early grave with all the symptoms I mentioned if it, le if it goes unchecked. It doesn't seem worth it. But the truth is, most of life is waiting. Right now, you're waiting for Pastor Rick to finish this up so you can go home and take a nap. Some of you. Most of life is waiting. This is our dilemma as believers as well. We're waiting. We're waiting on God. But this world is constantly trying to make life easier, faster, with the invention of computers and technology in some areas of your life, of your professional life, it's made business easier. It's made life easier for you. But sometimes I wonder if that's true because I, I believe it makes it so much more complicated as well. But our world works so different than God. God works on a different timetable. Can I get an amen? In his mind, nothing is wrong with waiting. And we're going to talk about that today. In fact, according to the Word of God, waiting is actually a positive influence that can make you become more like Jesus in that process of waiting and waiting. How many just right now with a show of hands are waiting on something in your life? You're waiting on an answer for something in your life. That's some of us here. You're waiting. You may not be in that season right now, but next month you may be waiting on something. And, and that's the worst part about it, is just waiting in suspense. It could be good, it could be bad. You don't know. You may not know how it's going to turn out. But waiting, waiting. Say it with me again. God works while we wait. And I want you to hear that. God works while we wait. While you're waiting, God is at work. He hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't neglected you. He's still working on you. Amen? I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1 and verse 4. We'll have it on the screen for you. But Acts chapter 1, verse 4, and no, we don't have it on the screen today. Uh, my bad, but I'll read it. Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. Jesus is here giving his disciples some of his last words before he ascended up into heaven on Mount Olives, uh, where I, the very place I got to visit when I was in Jerusalem. But in Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, listen to the words here. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Amen. 
Jesus was telling his disciples to wait. Excuse me. Now the disciples at that time had already heard Jesus proclaim the gospel. For three years they were with him. They knew the gospel already. For three years they walked with the master. Jesus had already been crucified at this point and was ready to ascend up into heaven to the Father. But he told them, wait here in Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere. Wait. Because I don't know about you, but they were the disciples of Christ in a community that had crucified Jesus Christ. And they were his followers. The first thing I would have wanted to probably do is, let's go to the next town. Let's head out of Dodge and, and go preach the gospel over there. Share what the Lord taught us. But the Lord knew what was going on in their minds. And he said, wait. Wait. For what? For the promise of the Father. Wait for the gift my Father promised. Say this again with me. God works while we wait. Amen. You see, if the disciples had not waited in Jerusalem, the Bible says, they would never have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If they had never waited, they never would have received the power, the dunamis, for service, which is what it's for. They would have missed out on one of life's greatest blessings if they had not waited. Think about that in your life. Think about some of the things that you've had to wait for that you had a choice. You could have skipped out and said, forget this, I'm not going to wait. And I'm not talking about the line at the DMV. I'm talking about other things in life where you waited and you waited and it was worth it because you waited. Amen? Some of life's greatest blessings are found in waiting. Yesterday, Anna and I had the privilege of attending a wedding, and you remember uh, we've had on a few occasions our guest worship leader, Justin Hardcastle. He got married yesterday. Yes, I know all of you uh, that know him appreciate that fact, but he was 40 years old, never been married before. He waited for 40 years to meet the love of his life, and they had a beautiful wedding up in Diamond Springs, and just a beautiful wedding. Can I just say it was a beautiful wedding? It was so touching, beautiful wedding, and um, he waited, and I can tell you right now, he would tell you the same thing. God works while we wait. God works while we wait. Amen? So I want to look at four real quick lessons why our Heavenly Father has us wait. Number one, the very first thing I would tell you is priorities. Just like the disciples, they may have began to think, begun to think of priorities like, hey, let's leave. Let's, let's, let's leave Jerusalem. This is the city that crucified the Lord, and I know they're after us. Let's just head out. Let's go down. Let's go to Greece. Let's go to Italy. Let's go somewhere else and preach the gospel. But God sometimes has different priorities. Can I get an amen? And we've seen that in our life. The disciples may have feared thinking that if they killed Jesus, they were going to be next. But God stepped in and said, wait, don't move, don't go, don't go there, wait. Jesus had commanded them to stay. So I'm going to ask you the first question today. 
Has the Lord challenged you with something recently? Has he told you to wait on something? Because God speaks to us individually, you know, through his word, and he'll tell you, wait. I don't want you going down that door or through that door. I want you to wait right where you're at. Amen? Has he challenged you? Because what happens is sometimes we become fearful when the Lord tells us to wait because we have our priorities or our way of thinking of what is right. Amen? That's because we're human. The disciples, getting back to them, they were probably and most likely saying, let's vamonos, let's get out of here, let's go, let's go to the next city. But God said, wait, wait for the promise I have for you. The problem with that kind of thinking of just skipping out, of, of going when the Lord is telling you to wait, the problem with that kind of thinking is this. Where if the Lord was not leading, if the Lord was not leading, he was not guiding. If the Lord's not leading you to go somewhere, he's not guiding you. You're on your own. And there's nothing worse than being out on your own. Amen? Anybody ever drive somewhere and all of a sudden GPS stops working and uh, your satellite, your navigation system's out and you have no idea now if you're really following the right road? We've all been there. You're lost. But it's a comforting thing to know when the voice begins to speak back to you. Keep straight, you know, keep going or whatever it tells you. See, if the Lord was not leading, he was not guiding. The disciples were to wait and follow, not lead at that time. The Lord had said, wait. Sometimes the Lord will change your priorities in order to get you into the right place at the right time. I want you to think about something big in your life. Maybe it was the person you married. Think about if you hadn't been at that place at that time, you never would have hooked up and gotten married. Think about your job. Think about some of the biggest and best blessings in your life they were designed by God Almighty because you waited at the right time. Amen? I want to put up uh, or read to you Psalm chapter 27. We don't have the verses up, do we, today? Psalm 27 and verse 14. Psalm 27 and verse 14 in the NIV says it this way. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. Sometimes the words we don't want to hear, but the words that the Lord is telling us today is wait. Wait on the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Again, proclaim this with me. God works while we wait. Amen. Amen. So that first lesson is priorities, changing our priorities possibly. The second thing would be a faith challenge. A faith challenge. Again, Jesus told his disciples three things. First of all, he said, to wait. Number one, to wait. Second thing he told them was, to wait in Jerusalem. And the third thing he said was, to wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for the promise of the Father. Now, you got to understand this. These were men that had just been with Jesus for three years, had seen him crucified, 
ran away from the fact that he got crucified, denied his very existence that he lived, that they were his disciples. And now the Lord, their Father in heaven, was telling them, wait. And he didn't say, I want you to wait for a week. He didn't say, I want you to wait for a month. He didn't say, I want you to wait for 40 days and 40 nights. He gave them no time. He said, wait. So they could have been waiting there for a year. They could have been waiting there for 10 years. But by faith, they waited. Amen? Waiting doesn't have a time span for most decisions. Sometimes, if you're, if you're fortunate, you'll have a time span of, you know you have this long to wait. But most of life isn't like that. Most of life is just waiting on God, is waiting for an answer from God. Amen? You have no idea how long to wait, and they had no idea as well. Again, there may be someone listening online, someone here today that's been waiting for an answer, and you have no idea how long it's going to take for that answer to come. You've been praying for that answer. You've been pleading to God for that answer. And God has not seemingly answered you yet. Can I just remind you, God's not going to leave you nor forsake you. He has you in his thoughts every single day. He wants you to wait. He wants you to wait. But don't give up. Let faith arise in you, amen? Let faith arise in you. Keep believing the promises God has given you. Because God has given you promises in his word, especially if he's told you to wait. He's given you promises in his word. In fact, I would tell you this. As believers, the longer you wait, the more your faith increases rather than decreases. I've seen that. The longer you wait and trust in the Lord, the stronger your faith becomes. Where in the world, their faith begins to die because they don't have a real substance, a real faith in God. Amen? This, this is very true spiritually speaking. Sometimes God makes us wait so that our faith will be put to the test. God is always challenging our faith. I want to tell you that right now. Not, not the fact that you believe in God. That's been settled the day you came to him. But I'm talking about faith in him, faith in believing for him to move in your life. Amen? But I want to remind you what Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, and I believe I quoted this last week as well. But in the New King James Version, it says it this way. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's things that in your mind you have already hoped for. It's things that you have not seen, but by faith you are believing and proclaiming them to be. Amen? That is what God wants to remind you of today. He wants to challenge your faith. Are you believing for that answer still, or are you giving up hope? Is anxiety starting to fill your spirit now because you haven't seen that answer? God forbid. We want to continue to, to be trusting in the Lord and, and believe by faith that He is still at work. Amen? Amen. Amen. And the, the third lesson today, and I think the most trying one is purifying us. Purifying us. Why do we wait? The Lord is purifying us. What is he purifying us from? What I always harp on, jealousies, unforgiveness, bitterness, 
you name it, all the things that would fill our heart, that the enemy would want to fill your heart with to distract you from loving God. You see, if you, if you have those things in your life, not only can't you love your neighbor, you cannot love God. It's impossible. Amen? So the Lord needs to purify us. You see, the Lord knew that in those coming days, once they had received the promise of the Father, that the disciples would see a great move. In fact, they saw, the Bible says, 3,000 people saved the very first day. They began to preach when Peter preached his uh, message of repentance in Acts chapter 2. The Lord knew that the power of the Holy Spirit would fall on those 120 believers gathered in the upper room, the Bible says. That the dunamis, the power of the Lord, would fall on them. The Lord knew that, but they didn't know that. The disciples didn't know that. They were just instructed to wait. Wait on the Lord. And ultimately, all these responsibilities would begin to fall on the disciples, especially Peter, James, John. Great things were expected, and greater things required of them. But they didn't know that yet. They were just told to wait. Of all the dangers they faced, perhaps none was greater than the danger of pride. You see, the Lord knew all the great things that were going to happen in their ministries through the power of the Holy Spirit, but the Lord had to chisel away all that stuff. Because, you know, we all have stuff that keeps us from being pure before God. And the Lord has to clean up that stuff. And so the Lord knew that he had to work on them, cause them to wait. And in that process, they were praying. They were praying in Jerusalem. They didn't know how long they were going to have to pray for. A week? Ten days? Forty days? They had no idea. All they were instructed were, was to wait. So when you reflect on your situation today and you think you have it bad, no. God is in control still, amen? God is in control of your situation. All he's doing is just asking you to wait. Wait on him. God will require you to be purified for his work. Removing all that junk, the anger, the jealousy, the, the unforgiveness. Waiting on the Lord would position themselves into a place of humility is what I'm getting at. They had to be humble before the Lord. Anybody that was puffed up, God couldn't use. We see enough of that on our TV stations as we scroll through and watch religious TV. We see too much of that. We hear about too much of that in our social media. Let me just tell you this. When you and I humble ourselves before the Lord, then and only then is the power of God manifest in our lives. When you and I become humble, God can do amazing things. But if you're puffed up in yourself, it's very difficult for God to work through you. And I'll show you that in, in Scripture, in the Old Testament, the prophet Zechariah, chapter 4, in verse 6. Zechariah, chapter 4, in verse 6, in the NIV, the Scripture declares... Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. 
It's not all about you or what you can do or how great you can speak or how great you can sing. It's not by your strength. It's by His power, by His Spirit. Amen? And ultimately, that's what God was trying to get into these disciples during this time of waiting. They were trusting in God. They were waiting on God. They were saying, Lord, I can't do this on my own. I need to trust you for an answer. You see, waiting purifies our motives because in the process of waiting, our pride begins to crumble and we realize that everything depends on God. If you're not dependent on God today, if you think, if you're watching today, you're here today, if you think you can make it happen, I'm going to tell you you're on a dangerous ground right now. You're on dangerous ground. You need to believe and humble yourselves to know that God is in control, amen? God is who is going to humble you. So we may as well do it willingly, amen? Let's, Lord, humble us. Let's be willing when we do that. Again, declare this with me. God works while we wait. Amen. If you're waiting, he's at work right now. Amen. And the fourth lesson is we become grateful. Oh, that is, that is so true because I think of the greatest blessings in my life. You know, I just look back and I say, I'm so grateful. I mean, I, I always start with my parents here in their late 80s, and we still have our parents here. My brother and my sister still have our parents here. I'm so grateful because I know that's not always the case for everybody else. So we're grateful. I think of my spouse, Anna, and how I met her in church. Yes, I met her in church, not at the club. I met her in church, and I'm grateful for that. We've been married for 28 years now, and I'm very grateful for having married the spouse of my dreams. Amen. I'm thankful for my children, for my son, for my daughter, Elizabeth, Bianca, and Raquel, as they worship, my two daughters, youngest daughters, as they worship here. I'm so grateful for them because I wasn't there at that age, far from that, but I'm so grateful for what God has done in their lives. Each of you here today have become grateful for the blessings you have in your life. How many agree with me on that? How many are thankful for blessings? And Give the Lord a hand clap today because you're thankful, you're grateful for how good God has been to you. Amen. See, there's a simple and profound truth here in gratefulness. The longer you wait for something, the more you appreciate it. Can I get an amen? Those that have waited the longest for something to happen are the most grateful. All of you think back to your very first car that you had, and you, and you waited for that car, and you waited for that car, and finally you got the keys to that 1965 Chevy Corvair. That was my car that my dad gave me. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. I couldn't wait for that car, even though it had been banned by Ralph Nader, you know, back in the day. But that's a whole nother story. But uh, we all had a similar story, whether that was your car or your first girlfriend or your spouse. Maybe it was your first home that you purchased or when you first bought your own place on your own and you were so grateful for that and you thought it would never happen. We appreciate things the longer we wait for them. 
And this is precisely why our prayers are not answered on the, verse, on the first try. If God answered your prayers the very first time you uttered them or thought them, he would become your genie in a bottle. That's all he would be to you. He'd be Santa Claus. That's all he'd be to you. God is not a genie in a bottle, nor is he Santa Claus. He is much greater than that, amen? Our Heavenly Father makes us wait so our gratitude may increase, so our thankfulness may increase. And that's why Christmas is not my favorite holiday. Easter is not my favorite holiday, even though I give thanks to the Lord for that day, for Resurrection Sunday. My favorite holiday has always been Thanksgiving because I give thanks for all of God's blessings. Amen? You see, when God puts us in a position of waiting on Him, the answer almost always surprises us. Because we're thinking, oh, God's going to do this right here, and God does that. God knows what He's doing. God knows what's best for each of you here today. You may think you, you were about to receive this, and God will just amaze you and give you something beyond that. Amen? God is a good, good God. He's a good, good Father. We become grateful in the waiting, in the waiting for God. You may be here again today, you're waiting for something, a restored relationship, the bills to be paid, your, your college debt, can I go there, to be dismissed, your loan. I, whatever it is, it may be something that you're waiting for to be dismissed, but I want to read to you Psalm chapter 107 and verse 1. Chapter 107, the book of Psalms, it says this, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Why is the Lord good? Because He loves you. And that love doesn't change. He's, he's working on you right now. And He wants you to become grateful for the things he's already given you and blessed you with, and he wants you to become even more grateful. Amen? Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. So what are those four lessons that we learn while we're waiting? Number one, it's priorities. God will sometimes step in and change what you think is a priority in your life. God will step in and mess you up. He'll mess with your world. He'll just throw you for a loop. He'll say, I know you think your world is falling apart right now, but I got you. I'm going to take care of you. I love you, and I care for you. Amen? Second thing is, he's going to challenge your faith because he wants to grow you. He doesn't want you to be a 20-year Christian that's two years of age. Amen? He wants you to grow up. He wants you to mature as a believer. He's going to challenge your faith in the process. The third thing, again, he's going to purify us. Get that junk out of there that never was meant to be in there. Get that junk out. Clean you up. Get rid of those, those thoughts, that way of thinking that, that's been ingrained in your mind from a young child. The Lord's going to work on you on that while you wait and then the last thing is we become grateful we become thankful 
in that process of waiting. I know I would, just as I, I mentioned, Pastor Justin, Dr. Justin Hardcastle, who just got married yesterday, he was very grateful, extremely grateful. I, if I could, uh, I took some pictures, but if I could just show you the smile on his face yesterday, he was just beaming from one ear to the other, so happy. Uh, a man that for 40 years had waited for his true love, and when the pastor told them, you may now kiss the bride, he kissed his beloved, and then he, Justin said something to the pastor, and then the pastor said, that was their very first kiss. Just to let you know that right now. That was amazing, right? And Justin waited for him, and good things come when you wait. Can I just say that? Amen? So I, again, say this with me. God works while we wait. Amen. And as I close today, again, if you're here today and have been struggling with an answer, waiting on God for a particular need, need or worry, and you're beginning to be filled with anxiety, can I just tell you this? Do not fear. Do not fear. Don't be afraid. Throughout Scripture, the Lord sends angels to remind us, do not fear. Yes, that's what the doctor said. Yes, that's what it looks like. Yes, that's what they said to you. But don't fear. Don't worry. Amen. Do not panic. Do not take matters into your own hands, which is what we want to do when we're waiting. Begin by surrendering your will to the Lord and just say, Lord, I, I trust you. I don't know how long I have to wait. I don't know where you're going to take me in this process, but I will wait here faithfully. Amen? Trust him that as you wait by faith, he is going to answer. He will provide the answer. But here's the question. What should you do while you wait is the question. What should you do while you wait? Because in our world, in our society, we feel like we have to do something while we're waiting. Well, I got to be doing something. I can't just wait. That's the problem in our society. Our society is so busy doing stuff. We always got to be doing stuff. You're watching TV and you're checking your phone at the same time. Come on. Knock it off. Quit it. Do one thing or the other. But we want to do something, not just sit in silence. That's a problem we have in our society. But I want to remind you of a scripture that the Lord, I, I feel, is, is perfect for this while you are waiting. Because the Lord declared this also in the book of Psalms, chapter 46 and verse 10. And he says in his word, Be still and know that I am God. He's telling that to you today that are waiting. He's reminding you and I, be still and know that I am God. What he's saying is, don't worry. Don't take this into your own hands and start worrying and panicking and having anxiety attacks. Trust me that I know what I'm doing because I'm in control, is what the Lord is saying. Be still and know that I am God. 
You know the, those times when you get alone by God, with yourself with God? You don't even have to begin, you don't even have to begin to utter anything, just to be still in his presence. Those are some of the most satisfying times I've had. Not a word is being uttered, just being still and being quiet in his presence. Those are some of the most precious moments I've ever had in my life. And God is reminding all of us, be still and know that I am God in the middle of what you're going through. Again, sometimes the best way to wait is to do God's will today. Do God's will today. So how, how do I wait, Pastor Rick? Well, just keep doing God's will today and then do it again tomorrow and then do it again the next day and the day after that and the day after that. And before you know it, God will bring that answer to you in that waiting. That's what the disciples did. They did the same thing every day. They were praying. They were praying and praying. 120 people together were praying in that upper room, the Bible tells us, waiting for the promise of the Father. Again, waiting is, is about becoming more like Christ every day of our lives. Waiting is about becoming more like Christ. It's not enjoyable, I'll tell you that. It's often difficult. It's a process to wait. But our Heavenly Father is causing us to wait to become more and more like Jesus. How many want to become more and more like Jesus? Amen. You got to wait. You got to wait. And when you get to that side of heaven, you and I will reflect the image of Jesus. Amen. But not until then. We got to keep waiting and keep working and keep trusting God. Stand with me as we close today. Amen. How many receive this today? You're going to wait? Amen. I want you to repeat with me again. God works while we wait. Yes, God works while we wait. It's so true. It's not enjoyable, but God is going to answer just at the right time. Can I just let you know today, God is going to give you your answer. I know this about God. God is never early and he's never late. He's always on time. Perfect timing. So I'm going to pray for those that, that are waiting right now. If you have a need again, just raise your hands right now. I, I want to pray uh, that God specifically meets that need today. Um, and after we close here, if you need prayer for anything else, just come up here. I'd love to pray with you. So let's bow our heads and go to the Lord in prayer right now. Father God, Lord, we are waiting on you today. We're waiting on you, Lord, as you bring about resolution in our life, as you bring about answers in our life. And Father, there is a couple of specific needs in this place today. Father, I pray here for Mother Betty, Lord. I pray, God, that that need that is represented in her life. Father, that you would bring resolution, that you would bring clear answer to her and to that situation in the name of Jesus. We declare by faith, Father, as we wait, Lord, that your promises will continue to be fulfilled in that situation. We pray, Lord, for your perfect will. God, that there would be no anxiety. Lord, that you would cast aside any, any anxiety from anybody involved in that situation. Any depression, any physical ailment has to go in the name of Jesus. And we declare resolution, Father, 
in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for working on us, Lord, during that waiting process. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray for my sister over here, Sister Jill. I pray, Lord, for your blessing on her, God, that you would help her in her waiting for that answer to her prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, give her the strength, give her the wisdom, give her the fortitude, Father. Lord, I pray, God, that you help her and increase her faith in you, Lord, to see the answer by faith in the name of Jesus. Father, we trust you right now as we look to you as the author and finisher of our faith that you will deliver, that you will bring about resolution in this situation in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. There was one other need. Andrew had asked me to pray for her friend's mother, his friend's mother. And uh, Lord, we lift her up to you right now. You know this mom. You know this situation. You know exactly what this person needs in her life. And I pray your blessing upon her, Father, that you would take care of this person, remove any, any issues, any anxiety, any depression, anything that may attack her, Father, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Father, be with this person right now. Remind them that you love them because they are your child. Draw them closer to you, Lord. And we give you the glory. We give you the honor. Father, you are so good. You are so good. I pray right now that every person here hearing my voice, those watching online, that if you're waiting, remember what the scriptures have said. Wait on him. Wait on him for he is God. Be still and wait. The word says be still. Just to be still and recognize that God is in your situation. God has not left you. He's not forsaken you. God walks with you. And he will be your encouragement every day. But be still and know that he is God. Lord, we love you. We thank you today. We praise you for all of your promises. How good you've been to us. And now as we close, Father, I pray the blessing over each one of these people. If you would raise your hands again with me today, those watching online, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Have a wonderful Sunday. God bless you, and we'll see you back here next week. God bless you. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.